every sense of the word. A Good Omens fanfiction by Improfem and Laura Shapiro. Read by Gorilla's Gal 86. To the world. To the world. It occurs to Crowley as the very first dinner of the rest of their lives unfolds in front of him. He's always been more of an observer than a participant when it comes to these things. That the world doesn't care what well wishes a pair of supernatural rebels have for it. In the past 24 hours, they've stopped time, stared death and Satan in the face, and rearranged every atom in their bodies to deceive the forces of heaven and hell. It all seems like all of this should make more of an impression on the world. But it just keeps spinning, entirely happy to ignore the end of times that never were. While Aziraphale hums and tastes and delights his way through a multiple-course dinner, Crowley leans back and sips the wines that arrive with each course, tastes the bites Aziraphale holds out for him to try. Mostly, however, he gorges himself on looks that no longer have to be stolen, on smiles that can be held as long as he wants and on not averting his eyes whenever Aziraphale happens to glance his way. By the time Aziraphale has finished the last of his salted peanut parfait, he feels quite light-headed with it. So, what are you in the mood for now? Showing you what it's like not to be afraid anymore. Showing you how much I love you. Snogging. Quite extraordinary amounts of snogging. The answers are crowding on his tongue, coating it with a thick and heavy taste of promise. Making you come, Angel. Making you shout my name. Too fast. A panicking part of his brain shouts at him, but then again, what exactly is speed when you've made it past the end of time? You. He finally manages, and suddenly, it does require effort to not let his gaze slide away again. Perhaps there is one last thing, then, that he's afraid of. Crowley has done just about everything over the course of their long shared history. To say in all but words, anything you want, just take it. I'm yours. He has never, to this day, done so without the plausible deniability of a playful smirk, the play of temptation that used to be so integral to their dance. He's never been anything but sure of Aziraphale's definitive no, or had to consider whether it still stands without the threat of heaven and hell hanging over them. What he would do if it does, and what if it doesn't? My dear, I rather thought that was a given. Oa? Oh, uh, cruelly manages as something breaks in his brain. Aziraphale puts his hand on top of Crowley's, and he can feel the blood drain from his head. His face feels hot, and his eyeballs hurt, and the room starts to close in. The last thing Crowley knows is the sensation of his knees hitting the floor as he slithers out of his chair. Pink. Everything is very pink. When did everything get so pink? Crowley's surroundings swim into focus. Hotel room. A ridiculously over-designed, extraordinarily pink hotel room. With, he squints, a floral motif on the wallpaper, and on the small and uncomfortably bumpy sofa upon which he is sprawled. A worried-looking angel is kneeling on the floor next to him, holding his hand, 
and it's all Crowley can do to remain conscious. Aziraphale's fingers are warm and soft, and as always on the few occasions when they've touched, Crowley can name them all, precise date and time. There's an electric buzz under his skin, the hum of the divine, or maybe it's just Aziraphale. What the actual fuck? Crowley has liked this phrase since picking it up from Americans on Twitter a few years ago. It seems apt at the moment. Not yet, as Earfail smiles. But we'll get there, I'm sure. Crowley, who had been raising his head from the sofa, drops it back down in a shocked thump. How are you feeling? Ugh. Crowley explains. Oh, my dear, Aziraphale fail says tenderly, climbing onto the sofa with him. I'm so sorry to have given you a fright like that. We've been through so much today. It really was quite inexcusable of me. There's barely enough room for both of them on this thing, more of a love seat than a sofa. Love seat, save me. Crowley thinks. It's just, you've waited so terribly long for me already. Aziraphale wraps himself around Crowley, pillowing Crowley's head on his arm, his other hand on Crowley's chest. Crowley is surrounded by Aziraphale, held, bloody embraced, and all he can think is, it was worth it. Every second of it, just to get to this. Crowley can feel the heat of the angel all down his side. Smell that fresh rain smell that makes Crowley's chest expand. His heart is going like anything. His ear feel must feel it under his hand. Are you alright, darling? I'm... Crowley swallows. Darling, he thinks. He's never been darling before. Yeah. He covers his ear, fails hand with his own. Yeah, I'm good. It's a poor excuse of a word for what he's feeling, but really, Crowley thinks as his brain circles through all the languages at his disposal... How the fuck is he supposed to find a better one? This is something that hasn't happened before. Not just to him, but to the world. An angel holding a demon like that. Looking at him like he's something precious and cherished. It's not something that has been part of the script book of creation before. I think I'm going to need a moment. And his ear feels glowing. Crowley can feel it coming off him in waves, warm and intense and definitely overpowering if everything else wasn't already so much. He wonders vaguely how much of the mood lighting came with the room and how much of it is of angelic origin. Wonders, for a thrilling second, how long his ear has held this back. Oh, my dear, take as long as you need. I'll be right here. As if there was any way Crowley could miss that. He tries to take in the sight of him, shining curls and beaming smile and the whole rest of it. But he finds he can't stand to look directly at him. It's like trying to fix your eyes on the sun hurts as soon as you make a conscious effort at it. It's a sight not meant to be taken in by human eyes, and Crowley feels his heart stutter at the realization that it is meant for him. Great, I'm a fucking cliché. A blushing, fainting demon in distress. But every time he looks up, the seer feels still there, completely unshaken by Crowley's inability to deal with this new development. 
and apparently more than happy to just keep watching him, holding him. He's studying Crowley like Crowley has seen him study a myriad of pudding trolleys with enraptured interest but no urgency. As though he's had his fill of the necessary and is quite sure whatever is next will be a perfect addition. Like someone very aware of the variety of options open to him and quite certain he'll sample more than one of them. Crowley can feel his ears heat up at the idea of what, exactly, those options entail, and buries his face against Zerfail's chest, groaning. Fantastic, he thinks. Just what the room needs. More pink. He can feel the chuckle spreading from Zerfail's body to his own, as though the angel is picked up on his thoughts. Still, he doesn't say anything. Crowley is about to pull back and piece together the words because really, if Aziraphale isn't going to, somebody has to. Before he can make his mind up, though, there's a hand on the back of his head, holding him close and gently rubbing at his scalp, and, oh, this is nice. This is very, very nice. Crowley leans into Aziraphale's touch. Aziraphale sighs. It is. Crowley feels him swallow. It is so wonderful to be able to touch you. His voice is thick with emotion. To be... to be free to. Crowley can feel the weight of Aziraphale's longing thousands of years of it. Or maybe it's just his own. Yeah, I'm with you there. He wants to say more than this. He wants Aziraphale to know, but that's silly. Of course Aziraphale knows. And he's rubbish with words anyhow. He thinks about the first time he saw the angel, and how he wanted him even then when Aziraphale was new and confused. He wonders if Aziraphale wanted him as far back as Eden. Aziraphale's fingertips scritch the nape of his neck, and with a thought, Crowley lets his hair grow out into the long curls he had then, just to see. Aziraphale glows even brighter for a second, raking his fingers through the new wealth of Crowley's hair. And then he tisks, My dear, you don't need a change for me, you know. Give a demon a chance. I'm trying to sweep you off your feet here. Xerophil chuckles and nudges Crowley's neck with his nose. I hesitate to bring this up, but you're the one who fainted. I'm not. You clearly thwarted me. Regardless of semantics, dear, I think the sweeping has been done. Crowley relaxes into the familiar cadence of their banter. On the matter of sweeping, Crowley has been thoroughly swept, and yet he thinks he could do a little sweeping himself. His hands have ached for the angel for so long. He lifts one of them and brushes at the shining curls at his ear feels temple, a shimmer flows into his fingers and runs down his arm. He turns to look intently at his ear fail, study the way his pretty lips curve into a smile as Crowley runs his fingertips along the side of his face. His ear fail is right. This is wonderful. Crowley gets lost in his ear fail's face. The way he has at meals, on drinking binges feeding the ducks, his whole damned life, in fact. Only now he can touch. He can trace the soft arc of his eyebrow, the upward tilt of his nose, the faint impression of a smile line, the inexpressible softness of his lower lip. Crowley's tingling fingers learn for the first time this face he knows so well. 
Aziraphale's clear eyes are fused to his, regarding him with such tenderness, such openness. His mouth is open, too, lips slightly parted to reveal his upper teeth. Aziraphale's breathing, cruelly notices, seems to be speeding up. Aziraphale breaks the silence. I don't wish to alarm you again, he says softly. But I do believe in the heat of the moment. I may have miracled a reservation for myself and my husband. And what is there to be alarmed about, Crowley thinks, before the rest of his brain catches up with him and he nearly blacks out again. Husband. The word sounds almost trivial, considering all they've been to each other. But the implications are undeniable. Aziraphale is watching him still, looking both pleased with himself and a little worried, and Crowley's heart feels ready to burst. Husband. Other half. His mind suggests, and he almost groans again at the cheesy term. Mine. He scrambles for a way to express how he feels about the word, about the fact that it was the first thing Zeerfield's mind seemed to have jumped to as an explanation. To say, kind of an understatement, wouldn't you say? And, what, Angel? No longer going too fast? And, oh, fuck it. Words have been rudely abandoning Crowley for as long as humans have used spoken language, but this time he's one step ahead of them. Instead of attempting to put his mess of emotions into words, and before he can try to talk himself out of it, he grabs hold of Aziraphale's hair, pulls him towards himself, and presses their lips together. At least, that's what he's going for, but apparently... He's broken through some of that angelic composure. Because Aziraphale falls forward with quite a bit more force than Crowley has prepared for. And instead of their lips, it's their teeth that end up knocking together. The impact isn't painful exactly, but it is unexpected and catches them both off guard. And so the first time Crowley tastes Aziraphale, he tastes of laughter a sound that sparks between them like a living thing. And though it's not one of the many, many things he's imagined about this moment, it's perfect, and he will never have enough of it. It's addictive, the rich, decadent vibrato of him, the soft tremor of his Aziraphale's body moving against Crowley's, arms wrapping around him and pulling him even closer, Crowley is pretty sure he could spend days like this, just memorizing every twitch of the angel's muscles as he presses into him. The soft gasp as his nose nudges the angel's cheek, trying to drink him up. Crowley's heart does a little backflip at the sound of that gasp, and now he wants to hear more of them, wants to know what other sounds his ear fail can make. He tightens his fist in his ear fails hair and presses the softest kiss he can to the angel's bottom lip. A spark crackles between them. Oh, Crowley. As Earfield breathes, and with a flood of tingling heat, Crowley realizes that his prick has been hard for the past half hour at least. He kisses his ear fail again so gently. Aziraphale's tongue darts out to meet his, and he's fucking ruined. That moan is coming from his throat. But Aziraphale is right behind him with a high whine that makes every hair on Crowley's neck stand up. He tosses subtlety out the elaborately drapiered window and licks into Aziraphale's mouth, tasting salted peanut and champagne and hungry angel. Aziraphale, it seems, knows a little about kissing, stroking Crowley's tongue with his own and then pulling back to nibble his lip. But Crowley can't take much of this. 
He wants to get as much of his face into his Airfield's face as possible. It's ridiculous. It's gorgeous. Ethereal current flows into him as he sucks his Airfield's tongue and his Airfield. He can't believe it. Grinds against his thigh. With the one remaining brain cell still available to him, Crowley is gratified to confirm after hundreds of years of speculation and keen observation that his ear fail does indeed dress to the left. The sofa is beginning to prove wholly inadequate to their needs. Crowley slides on top of his ear fail and the feel of his whole cushy angel spread out beneath him just about breaks his heart. He moans and plants kisses along his ear fail's jaw, his throat, while Zirfail's hands roam down his back, then land on his arse and squeeze. Aziraphale is making little rocking movements. Okay, Aziraphale is dry-humping him, and Crowley is spouting pre-cum into his pants like an adolescent and trying to hold on. He returns to those rosy lips and takes another taste of Aziraphale's tongue. And as distracted as he is with lust, he almost wants to cry. This is everything. Aziraphale breaks the kiss to draw his teeth down Crowley's neck, then land a bite, a hard one, that makes him hiss and shove his prick mindlessly into Aziraphale's hips. Oh, my darling, Aziraphale whispers. I want you so much, I'm beside myself. Did I hurt you? In the best way. Crowley grits out, nibbling at his ear fail himself. Get off now, all right? Yes, yes, please. His ear fail says, tilting his chin up as he reaches to pull his tie loose. And that is without question the sexiest thing Crowley has ever seen in his entire demonic experience. He growls and yanks the tie from his ear fails collar. Gently, dear, I like that tie. And begins working the buttons of his waistcoat. He gets that open as efficiently as possible, and he's halfway down his ear fails shirt buttons when he realizes he's naked. He looks up into his ear fails smug smile. Bastard, he mumbles, but his heart isn't in it. Especially when he sees that flattered, Slightly mushy look from earlier reappear on his ear fail's face, and this time he can lean in and nip at his ear fail's earlobe, feel the gratified heat rising as he realizes, you like it when I call you that. It's intoxicating, this effect he can have on his ear fail. Crowley dives in enthusiastically, eager to uncover more. Reveal this body he knows so well, inside out in fact, and that is still so new to him. It's frustrating work undoing the remaining row of fiddly little buttons trailing down to his ear fails trousers, all the while trying not to put too much distance between their bodies. Not again, hasn't there been enough of that? But he might have to, if he ever wants to see what is underneath these layers, unless... Don't even think about it. Some of us actually like our clothes, and I'm not trusting you to deposit them somewhere safe at the moment. Crowley gives an offended growl, but allows his ear fail to push him back upright, until all he can do is sit and marvel at the sight before him, as the angel continues to unbutton his shirt. It's been a long time. Such a fucking long time since Crowley has seen a glimpse of this creamy, soft skin, that mouth-watering swell of muscle. His fingers itch, his whole body twitches with the need to reach out, to relearn that well-memorized body like a long-lost, rediscovered language. Another impatient sound escapes him. Oh, my sweet... There seems to be a veritable fountain of endearments inside his ear fail, and now that he's tapped into it, it won't stop flowing. 
Crowley knows the feeling. I'm not questioning your dedication. I can just see that you're a bit, um, preoccupied. His lips twist into a smirk, and his gaze travels downward to where Crowley's erection is pressing into him, baking pre-cum against the angel's crotch. Before Crowley can find a way to defend himself, though, Ever heard of glass houses, Angel? Don't pretend like you're not hard as a rock right now. A hand closes around him. It sends a bolt of energy straight through his hips, which promptly develop a mind of their own. Well, they've always had one. They just use it, on this particular occasion, to fuck forward into the touch. The motion draws an entirely undignified moan from Crowley and Aziraphale's reaction is instantaneous. An absolutely wicked spark ignites in his eyes, and Satan, is he actually licking his lips? Besides, who knew Aziraphale could look so delightfully shameless and radiantly angelic at the same time, all with his hand wrapped around Crowley's throbbing cock for crying out loud? Crowley. Crowley has always known. I think we'll both enjoy remembering this next time I'm wearing this particular ensemble. He gives what can only be described as a contented wiggle with his hips and sighs at the wet patch Crowley has already left on his previously immaculate trousers. Fuck. As the is running his thumb over the head of Crowley's prick now, and a shudder goes through him. Hard to tell what caused it, the touch, or those words. Angel, you can't, you can't just say those things and expect me to, to last. As the Ervale's eyes are still fixed on him, wide and open and entirely innocent looking, if not for the way his pupils are blown, for the way they keep darting back to Crowley's cock. Oh, but I don't, darling. He pauses for a moment, as though savoring the way Crowley's insides turn into a squirming mess of pleasure at the term. And why not? He probably can sense it. This heat he's feeling has to be a kind of love. Don't force yourself to hold back. I'm sure we won't run into any problems where your stamina is concerned. Come on, dear. Let me see. Denying Aziraphale anything he asks for is the one thing Crowley has never managed to succeed in. So when Aziraphale is beginning to move his hand again, Crowley barely registers the high, keening sound that escapes him. All he can focus on is the way the heat in his abdomen contracts into a bright sphere of overwhelming pleasure the way it pulses as Aziraphale puts one hand on his thigh to steady them both, and erupts into being as a new star in the constellation of their relationship. If an unforgettable mess is what Aziraphale was going for, this certainly did the job. So beautiful. Aziraphale whispers eyes wide, he releases Crowley's prick and, keeping his gaze on Crowley's face, lifts his hand to his lips and licks his fingers. Crowley shudders with a huge aftershock, watching his ear fail taste what he has wrung out of him. And then he miracles away the mess and falls upon his ear fail, pushing his open shirt and waistcoat aside, feverishly kissing his neck and chest sucking a rosy nipple into his mouth, feeling the pulse of angelic power everywhere his lips touch. He needs to taste too, needs to savor every bit of his angel, needs to make up for every instant when his ear skin wasn't under his tongue. His ear fingers twine and twist in his hair, as Crowley registers the heat of him rising, his heart racing. Aziraphale's nipple is firm and succulent, 
and his ear feel his moaning as he nibbles it with his lips, grazes it with his teeth. Crowley can do some fairly interesting things with his tongue. He grins a bit into his ear fails chest and thinks it might be time for a little showing off. He lets a little of the snake into his tongue, letting it fork and begin to flicker, very gently and very fast, faster than a human tongue ever could. As the airfield gasps and arches into it, Crowley moves to the other nipple and as the airfield actually whines. Oh, this is very good. But he can feel his ear fails cock pressing into his belly, and by Satan, he wants some of that. Wants to taste his ear fail there. Wants to make his ear fail feel, well, everything really. Wants to overwhelm him. Wonder if I can make him faint, Crowley thinks. He moves down, kissing his ear fail soft belly. Hands following his lips with reverence, palming the sweet curve that he's longed to touch for so long. It feels like comfort. Rising along it, straining against the trousers Crowley is working to open. Is a cock so hard Crowley can feel the heat radiating from it on his face? At last, he frees the angel from his restraints and withdraws his thick wet cock, rosy in its nest of white blonde curls. They both moan at the same time, and Crowley remembers what it is to worship. The smell of him is delectable as Crowley flicks at his tongue, savoring the hot ethereal tingle as he licks away the essence gathered at the head. Oh, my darling... As the airfail breathes, and then, Crowley, as Crowley begins in earnest, swirling his tongue, getting him wet all over, flicking under the foreskin, and then drawing back to tease the head. He feels the airfail's fingers tighten in his hair, feels the quivering tension in his airfail's thighs. He takes just the crown of the angel's cock in his mouth and sucks, rubbing his tongue underneath, and his ear feels feet thrash underneath him. He'll have mercy, he decides, and sucks his ear fail down to the root. Oh, oh, fuck. His ear fail groans as Crowley's throat opens while his tongue continues to twine and press. He moves back and forth, lavishing love and attention upon his angel, upon the solid evidence of Zerfail's desire for him. And the joy of it is almost more than he can bear. He's getting hard again already as Zerfail serenades him with moans, tugging his hair and trembling all over. He wraps his tongue all the way around him, furling and unfurling it, Ruffling angelic foreskin, tasting angelic salinity, feeling angelic electricity. As the airfail is breathing heavily and taut as a drum, Crowley pulls back, pulls off him, and takes him in hand. As the airfail's eyes, which have been shut against his pleasure, open in surprise. Can I? Crowley says roughly, clears his throat. Angel, I want to fuck you. Can I? As Earfield gives him a melting look, but there's steel behind it. Sometimes, I think, his voice is almost casual. Only Crowley would be able to detect the depth of feeling in it the tremor of desire breaking free after millennia of restraint. That's the only thing I've ever wanted my entire life. 
and now Crowley doesn't know if he's surging forward or if Aziraphale is pulling him by the hair. But their mouths are crashing together, and Aziraphale's tongue is stroking his, urgently, demandingly. Crowley's heart, getting quite the workout today, breaks open a little more. Aziraphale wants him, and it's a glorious thing, still a new thing. An unbelievable thing. Aziraphale has wanted him the whole time. And Crowley gives back that want into the kiss. Into the fingertips he slides down to stroke behind Aziraphale's balls. Teasing the tender skin where his body branches. Aziraphale shivers all over and Crowley can't help it. He has to get more of that. Crowley slides back down his beautiful, soft chest and belly, pushes his legs up and draws his tongue lightly over Aziraphale's entrance. Aziraphale keens. Devoted, Crowley works him over, flickering and lapping, taking his time. Aziraphale writhes, and the high, begging noises that escape him are unlike anything Crowley has ever heard, from him or from any poor soul he's ever tempted. His own prick is stiff and leaking against the upholstery, can't wait to get inside his angel at last. But he is unimaginably happy, just doing this making his ear fail feel everything he's feeling right now. Finally, he begins probing with the tip of his tongue, and his ear fail opens for him as though he were made for it. The heat of him is intoxicating. Crowley slips a finger in, two fingers. His ear fail must have done this before. Has his ear fail done this before? He's a natural, and moves inside the tight, wet suck of him, feeling the pull of his earthly body and of his ethereal power. My darling, please, I can't wait any more. I must have you now. As much experience as Crowley has in falling, uppercase, lowercase, he's done them all. He still finds himself surprised by it. The tug of Aziraphale's voice, pulling at something inside him that he's always known as there, and has spent so many years trying to ignore. The slow but sudden crumble of a wall between them, and he's lost in it. Lost in Aziraphale. As he finally, finally slides inside. Crowley could happily spend the rest of eternity falling for his angel. He thrusts in slowly, shaking with the power that surges through them. Aziraphale shudders against him, opens up new depths, and Crowley just keeps falling. Doesn't attempt to stop it, eager just to see how far it can go. And to his surprise, there is no end. No more protective pretenses. Only a wide open field of possibilities. After a universe's lifetime of waiting, Aziraphale has finally stopped putting a limit on how much Crowley is allowed to love him. In fact, he looks just about ready to ask for more. Oh. Aziraphale's mouth is half open in expectant enjoyment, and he keeps watching Crowley as he tightens around him, gives an experimental little nudge. Oh, my dearest, you feel just as good inside me as I've always imagined. Let me feel you, all of you. The request is enough to cut Crowley loose. He falls into a rhythm, giving in to the need inside himself, ready to give Aziraphale anything he will take from him. 
He isn't just falling now, he's throwing himself into this. All of him. Every thrust, another repetition of, I want you. I choose you. I'll do anything. Keep doing it, as long as you let me. And Xerophile takes, asks, demands. Every stroke just seems to spur him on further. His brow is glistening now. He's wearing a bloody halo of sweat, soaking up every bit of pleasure Crowley can provide. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's things a demon shouldn't even be able to name. Crowley wants it to last, but he can tell at this rate he won't be able to hold on. One hand still on his ear fails hip. He reaches between them and takes him in hand once again. It's already familiar, this feeling of the angel's hot, straining prick in his hand. And it makes Crowley's head spin. He feels drunk with it. Manages to keep his thrusts while he begins stroking his ear fail. Running his thumb along the pulsing length of him. His ear fails beyond words now. Gasping and babbling and chasing his own pleasure against the twin rhythms of Crowley's hand and cock. Crowley feels himself speed up. Searching for that perfect angle to push him over the edge. His ear fail is starting to pulse around him now, and Crowley barely manages to hold back a shout as his hips stutter, and he slips out. The angel whines, actually whines at the sensation, and Crowley immediately feels bad, but he can't. He can't. He slides three fingers inside his mouth instead, getting them wet before thrusting into his ear fail driving him over the edge. Crowley watches him, watches him squirm and sigh and shudder and strokes him through it. And for a moment, he's certain he will come just from this. But then as the airfail slowly comes down from his climax and pulls Crowley down on top of him, both of their chests still rising and falling in unison. And Crowley is still hard, his erection caught between them in the wet, messy heat of their bodies, and trying not to move too much. He wants to enjoy this, just bask in the moment, and be there in his angel's arms. While his ear fails lost in his afterglow, Crowley returns to his earlier pastime and studies his face. This time, he traces it with his lips instead of his hand, pressing slow, worshipping kisses along his temples, across the salt-soaked expanse of his brow. Why did you stop? Aziraphale finally asks. You're still... Oh... And Crowley can feel how the realization hits. Can feel his own face heat up with the gratification of it as his ear fail bursts into a wide, beaming smile. You knew I would want seconds. You sweet thing. Come on, let's get you onto the bed. Crowley scrambles to his feet and his ear fails and far behind, crowding him onto the mattress. There is force behind it, new, but not entirely unexpected, and Crowley is half prepared for this next bit to be rough and demanding, an attempt at satiating the insatiable. Instead, Aziraphale kneels behind him and softly combs his fingers through Crowley's hair, softly spreads it out on the pillow until it forms a flaming halo around Crowley's head gives a contented sigh. Oh, you're beautiful, my dear. Always thought long hair suited you very well. One hand is still in Crowley's hair, 
lightly scratching his scalp, and bless it, Crowley can feel it in his toes. The other is trailing down Crowley's chest, exploring his options. I think, he finally says, sounding casual, I think I'd quite like to ride you now, dear, if that's quite alright with you. Crowley swallows, and tries not to look like he's been fantasizing about this at least since the first time his airfield complained about having to ride a horse. Fuck yeah, it's alright with me, Crowley says, maybe a bit too loudly, but his airfield isn't thrown by his enthusiasm, in fact he beams, and Crowley can't help it. He has to pull him down into his arms immediately. Love that smile. He growls into his ear Fael's lips, licking at them with his forked tongue. But right now I want to fuck it right off your face. Crowley. Azir Fael is managing to express both mock outrage and thrilled delight. And Crowley kisses him properly, sliding into his mouth and stroking their tongues together. He doesn't know where his sudden confidence has come from. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that Aziraphale is so obviously, utterly happy. Crowley doesn't think he's ever seen him like this. Not even over an especially nice pudding. Aziraphale groans into his mouth and curls his fists into Crowley's hair. Crowley can feel Aziraphale's prick twitching against his thigh, already stiff again. When the kiss breaks, Aziraphale is still smiling. For me, Crowley thinks. His heart gives a little squeeze. He smooths his hands down Aziraphale's back, curves over his hips to cup his arse. Satan, that is a fine arse. He's always known it, and he can't quite believe he gets to hold it in his hands. Hmm... Aziraphale hums into his neck, giving him little bites. Crowley grips those glorious cheeks harder, and Aziraphale sinks his teeth into the join of his neck and shoulder. Oh, like that, do you? Crowley growls, rubbing against the angel's soft belly. Mm-hmm. Aziraphale manages rubbing back. If this keeps up, Crowley's going to lose it all over him again, and Aziraphale won't be getting what he deserves. Can't have that. Crowley traces his thumb around the tender skin of his rim. Miracle's more slickness there. Are you ready for me, Angel? Aziraphale lifts his head, looks into Crowley's eyes. That staggering blue-green brightness. The sun shining on the sea. It's his now. Yes, my love. Crowley's heart gives a bigger squeeze. He almost breaks eye contact. The intensity of Aziraphale's expression is too much. Crowley was going for dead sexy and commanding. How did they end up here? I want you now. I want to make you come, Angel. Make you shout my name. Aziraphale's eyes go wide. Oh, yes, my love. He whispers. In one fluid motion, he lifts his hips, wraps his hands around Crowley's prick, and slides slowly down on it, gasping. Crowley groans as the tight heat of Aziraphale's body engulfs him. Then Aziraphale starts to move. <sighs> so good, Aziraphale. Crowley murmurs, stroking his shoulders, his arms. You feel so good. Aziraphale has full control of their motion right now setting a leisurely pace with the rise and fall of his hips. But Crowley still feels like he's in charge. He's going to make it good. He picks up Aziraphale's hand and brings it to his lips, kissing the back, 
the palm as Airfield's eyes fucking glow. My darling, as Airfield begins his voice high, Crowley doesn't wait for him to finish, says it in a rush before he loses his nerve. I want to show you how much I love you. Aziraphale makes a little noise in the back of his throat, and his whole face opens up. He falls forward, bracing himself on one arm and stroking Crowley's face with the hand he's been holding. His lips are parted in wonder, his breath coming fast. He stopped moving. He's speechless. The angel is speechless. Crowley did that. He feels like Superman. Crowley turns his face into his ear, fails palm again, pressing his lips against the soft skin. Don't freeze up on me now, Angel. He turns back to catch his ear, fails gobsmacked eyes. Nothing to be afraid of. Not anymore. Crowley gives the gentlest thrust of his hips. At that, Aziraphale seems to recover. He meets Crowley's thrust, then rocks forward again. Then again, more deeply, as his eyes flutter shut in pleasure with a long, low moan. He moves to sit upright and starts to go faster, riding Crowley in earnest. Fuck, it's good. The sweet, wet pleasure all around him. The friction as his airfield pulls almost all the way off with every stroke. It takes every ounce of control Crowley has to stay where his airfield needs him. His prick is burning with want, but his heart is soaring. Crowley thinks if he can just keep his hips still and focus on that feeling, that feeling like flying, he might last long enough. His airfail is pinked up all over, radiating heat and shining with sweat. Crowley's never seen him such a mess, and he swells with pride as his airfail works him harder. And faster. Miss Airfail's prick is red and wet, just begging for Crowley. Crowley licks his own palm and takes hold of the hot, hard breath of it. Yes, oh my love. Miss Airfail gasps. Oh, yes. As Crowley strokes him firm and fast, matching the pace as Zerfail is set, no time for subtlety. At the same time, he starts to thrust up into a Zerfail. Oh, fuck. Oh, yes. Zerfail shouts, Crowley, Crowley. Azir fails hips stutter, and he flings his head back as he comes, exposing the soft column as his throat that Crowley badly wants right now to take a bite of. He keeps his prick working, delving deep, while Azir fails spurts over the back of his hand and keeps shouting, just vows now, going on and on. Crowley did that then. Well done, him. And then Crowley feels the tight heat of his desire peaking, the delicious sensation of Aziraphale's hot body all over him. The fevered, wet friction drags along his begging prick as Aziraphale works it ecstatically, and his orgasm hits him like a train. Aziraphale keeps moving against him, in a slow, rocking motion as Crowley spins himself in him. Eventually, he leans forward and comes to rest on Crowley's chest, peppering kisses on his neck and jaw. 
Oh, my love. He sounds utterly blissful and spent, satisfied with himself and the world. That was wonderful. Hmm. Crowley runs a hand through the damp curls on his ear, feels forehead, breathes in the scent of him. It is familiar, of course, but there's a new note to it. Metallic, a little spicy, completely and utterly earthbound. Sated. Zerfail's quiet laughter vibrates against him. His eyes are wide and shining with affection, fixed on Crowley like they never want to watch anything else. Never, but happy. He punctuates his words with another kiss. Very. They lie drinking each other in, hands still exploring, but the urgency gone, for now. So, Curly begins after a while and notices with some annoyance how nervous he sounds. He clears his throat. Husband? This is a different pink than the one Aziraphale had just minutes ago, but it suits him just as well. There is some embarrassment in it, but underneath it, he seems quite pleased with himself. He rolls to the side, shifting some of his weight off Crowley's body, but keeps one leg draped over him, not going anywhere. As I said, it was a, a spur-of-the-moment thing. Crowley doesn't quite know what to do with that. It seems like there is more to it, but Aziraphale remains quiet. He seems lost in thought, his hand drawing nonsensical patterns on Crowley's chest, halfway between fidgeting and caressing. It's not really a term that applies to us, is it? He finally asks, and Crowley lets out a breath he wasn't aware he was holding. Not too fast, then. No hurried attempt to walk back the decision he's made at a moment's notice. No more need to hide the true nature of their relationship, but a careful attempt to put it out there. Examine it for the unique thing it is. Aziraphale isn't finished. I do think of you as many, as all the things humans mean when they use it. My partner. My significant other. Precious. He looks up at Crowley with a slight smirk, as if to say, Don't challenge me on this. You know I'll win. Crowley feels his gaze slide away, and he has to gird his teeth against the conflicting emotions swelling in his chest. When his ear feels speaks again, his voice has gone soft, or softer than it was before. Beloved. And... After what we did today, I rather think for something close to forever. Beloved, Crowley thinks, forever. He throws an arm over his face, unable to stifle the sob choking his throat. He's had a long time to come to terms with eternity, and it's never sat well with him. Always left a bad taste in his mouth like frustration and ashes. Why go on always? Making people's lives a little more miserable, choked with love and squirming with want, and tethered by the terror of torture and loss. What was the point? But it's not like that anymore. Now, immortality looks as rosy as a seer fail in his arms. No head office to report to, nothing to fear. Freedom. Freedom to love his angel. To spoil him as he's always dreamed of. No limits. 
just whatever they want. Forever. Sounds good to me. Crowley manages, wiping his eyes, feeling his ear, feels arms tighten around him. He feels warm and glowing with hope. Or maybe it's just his ear fail. So, he says, looking down into his angel's gentle, adoring face. What are you in the mood for now? The end. <laughs>